This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Have you ever stopped to wonder what exactly success means to you? Is it money, fame, power, all of the above or none at all? I'm Dashran Johan and this is Redefining Success, a show where we speak to passionate people from various fields about their lives, what makes them tick and what the word success means to them. My guest on today's show is Ken Leandre. He's a video games journalist. He's also the founder of the video games news website, Kakucho Pore. Welcome to the show, Ken. How are you doing? Oh, thanks for having me. I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Could be worse. But, um, yeah, nothing to complain. Nothing to complain. I'm healthy. And that's that, that, that's all enough for me at the moment. All right. So let's get right into it. You know, I want to ask you the big question first before we, you know, break things down a little bit. How do you define success? Without sounding too cliche, I think success comes in many forms. But for me, um, the ability to do what I like, what I enjoy, um, and ensuring it pays the bills without sacrificing my family time, my, 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 my hobbies, my personal time, I think that is success. I mean, a lot of people say a lot of money, a lot of this, but typically the, the definition takes a lot of compromise. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's all about balance. So yes, you have to work to achieve success, but the end goal is you are able to do what you like, you enjoy your work uh, without sacrificing um, like I said just now. So to me, that alone is, that is gratifying for me. Hmm. Now, you are a video games journalist. Um, you are a founder of a video games um, news website. Now, hmm. how do you even dream of becoming a video games journalist in a country like Malaysia? Because it's a very, very niche industry. To say you want to become a journalist itself, mm-hmm. it's something where most parents would be like, are you sure? Um, can oh, yeah. make money or not? Like, what's, you know, what's your career growth going to be like? But now this is video games. It's something very, very niche. Um, how do you even think of, you know, that? How do you even think like, okay, this is what I want to do? To be honest, it's more of... Um I didn't grow up thinking, oh, shoot, I want to be a video game journalist. Right. It was never that. I, I, I grew up in a typical Asian household. A family would be like, uh, grow up, get a good job, uh, get good grades, go into uni, get your degree, this one. Um, I didn't study journalism. Mm-hmm. I, I have a bachelor's degree in marine biotechnology. Wow. Completely yeah, I, different from what you're doing now. Yes. In school, I was in science stream. Okay. Um, but I love writing. I, I, I was pretty good in it, you know. Basically, I mean, probably above average. Uh, I love football. I love video games. I love comics. I love pop culture. Um, but never occurred to me that you know, as, as a 17-year-old in Malaysia, yeah, typically you wouldn't say, I want to grow up and get into this industry where there's a lot of uncertainty. <laughs> I never did. Uh, we're not like in the States or in Europe where it, you know, it, the, the industry is a bit more mature. Right. It's pretty much non-existent in Malaysia. Um, yes, there's journalism, there's um, niche journalism, movie reviews, tech reviews, but video games is still very, very much behind. It wasn't a planned thing, but it's all about a combination of timing, chance, opportunity. And um, at every single step, in, when, when it came to me, I thought... Why don't I give it a go? 
I mean, I, I, I still have my science degree to fall back into uh, if things don't work out. But I always thought to myself, which of these options, whenever I reach that crossroads, which of these options will make me happier? Right. Will I, I will, you know, it motivates me more. I, I feel full, fulfilled. So um, one thing led to another. Um, and next thing you know, after around five years, after, I, after, after uni, I found myself in the media scene. Um, I started off working in a marine consultant firm. I went to patents for a while. Very close to what I studied in uni. Okay. But but um, it wasn't it wasn't fulfilling. I felt you kind of kind of empty, right? You just work for the paycheck. At the end of the month, you come back, hmm. and then ah, oh, that's it. I go write my blog. So an opportunity came not long after a few jobs um, to leave it and go into media. And and that time uh, it was uh, an opportunity to write for a what you call it a male lifestyle magazine. Okay. Yeah, so it was a very, it, it sounded like a left turn. I, I was in science and I suddenly I told my mom and my dad that, they, hey, you know what? I, I'm i thinking of quitting and I'm probably, there's this offer from this magazine. Uh, the magazine was New Man. It's not defunct, okay. but it's it's New Man. And they, they were obviously typical Asian parents. <laughs> it's like, you, you, you know, studied just you know, study for five, six years, education wasted. Like <laughs> <laughs> but um, it took a lot of convincing, but I, mm-hmm. but they know, they, they know how I was. If I was, I found it, try something, let me, you know, let's do it. If it doesn't work, can always fall back. Mm-hmm. So I was in there for a few years, uh, but also I need to find my niche. I need to find my specialty because I've always told myself, if I do something, uh, I have to be, uh, you know, so you have to stand out, right? right? You have to stand out. There's no point being just another a cog in the machine mm-hmm. or something like that. So over there, started small, and then uh, over time, we I, I started with a small paragraph or a small section in the in the magazine, which was on a geek side of things. Uh-huh. So talk about tech, and then slowly I convinced the editor saying, hey, you know what? Uh, I want to talk about comics. Uh, and then, oh, there's this game that just came out. I want to, I want to write about something that I enjoy. Mm. Something that uh, it comes naturally to me. Because uh, the way I write, it's always been about conversing, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, if, if you write something that's very brochure it's boring. But I like to write as if I'm talking to someone right. and I enjoy it. So from video, uh, from so you have a lot of pop culture stuff, uh, movies, geeky stuff, Lego, video games came into it. So from a small paragraph in the magazine, we build up to a, a special section, and that section became a bit, you know, it, you know, as the months go by, it became thicker and thicker and thicker. Right. So, um, so we had a very geeky vibe with the magazine, and not long after, an opportunity, like I said, uh, the opportunity knocked once, you know. It, whether you pick it or you don't, that that's gonna change your life decision. So back then, uh, if you want to read about video games, you have to read PC Gamer, right? You have to mm-hmm. read PC Gamer. And the problem with PC Gamer was, I, I don't say it's a problem, but uh, whatever came out in the Malaysian version of it is probably three or four months late. Unless you want to be up to date, you have to buy it. You have mm-hmm. to buy the the thirty ringgit version, which is from the UK, for example. So um, growing up, I read this review. It was a review on Halo Combat Evolved on PC. Okay. It was written by this guy. His name is Kieran Gillen. Uh, that time he used to write for PC Gamer. But now he's uh, he moved on where he writes for Marvel Comics. So he actually wrote Iron Man. He wrote Loki. So before he went to Marvel Comics, he was reviewing video games. That's very PC cool. Gamer. 
so his review that that review stuck with me until now because I thought, okay, this guy is really cool. He talks about video games. He talked like you know, he's just just chatting with me, mm-hmm. and I want to be like this guy. So this was a a nineteen year old Ken back in the day where I was just you know flipping. So it came back to me again. I said, hey, there's this opportunity to work for a global brand which is setting up office in Asia. Uh, at that time, that brand was called IGN APEC. Mm-hmm. So as you know, as IGN is pretty much like the equivalent to for for sports is ESPN. That's so right. Video games, you could say IGN, right? Yeah. So they were opening an office in Malaysia of all places. But uh, like you said, sometimes things just happen. Applied. Uh, long story short, I got a job. So I was the first English editor for IGN APEC. And uh, the rest is history. I mean, we we had to build the site from scratch. The technology back then was not as great as now. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I learned a lot. Uh, two years in the magazine, it uh, it kind of shaped my style. And then uh, from magazine going to digital again, I had to reinvent myself. But the way we deliver the news, the way we talk about stuff, uh, I you know learned a lot in the in the past for the next five years. So this was not something you ever, you know, imagined as a kid. You know, opportunities came, you took it, you ran with the ball. Mm-hmm. How then did you, at what point did you decide, okay, now I have been doing this for a while. Now I want to start my own, you know, I want to venture on my own and I want to start my own um, new video game news website. Like how did that idea come about? Okay. So so when I was with IGN over the five years, so I always told myself, be a sponge, right? Whether you, whether I, you know, when I joined IGN, I never thought I'm going to do this all my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, my editor at the magazine told me once, he said, you're a writer now. You don't, uh, I don't think you are going to be a writer forever. I mean, he said, if you're going to be a writer forever, then I failed. That was what my editor told me. Right. So by that definition, I always told myself, yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I took that and I thought, yeah, you know, the, the industry is, it's pretty much nothing at that time. No one thought about being a games journalism, uh, in games journalism. Twitch wasn't up. Uh, you don't see content producers left, right, and center. All right. Right. So, um, so when I was at IGN, I thought, okay, you know what? This could be uh, a stepping stone to change the industry. I would love to see uh, more Malaysians create content. Maybe in why 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 can't we see a Malaysian talk about video games in Bahasa? Mm-hmm. Why any you know internet uh, the the technology is gonna get really good in the next five ten years, it's gonna be more accessible. Let's set up a standard. Let's build a standard where everyone can try to live up to. I want to see the industry grow. So after five years at IGN, uh, I left. Long story short, I left because creative differences. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and also at that time you're not the one who's calling the shots. Even right. though I, I, I was the editor, we have, uh, comp, you know, the directors to answer to, and then there's IGN, the license holder and everything. And I had a lot of ideas. So the only way to move forward is to leave the brand and start something myself. So I thought, okay, this is a big deal because it's not cheap. It's not cheap. Right. But then again, technology makes things more uh, affordable. You, you can start a website for less than a thousand or two thousand ringgit, buy a domain and stuff like that, and it takes a lot of planning. Um, so, so I did. I, I, after I left IGN, coincidentally, it was five years to the dot when I left. So I felt, you know, it, it, you, you look 
to the West, you look to the States, mm-hmm. you don't look, to, to, to look far, you just look to Australia. People, you, you just armed with your small laptop, you can start creating content. This right. is twenty after five years, and I just already twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. It's really really picking up. So um, I felt that okay, let's do this. So I spoke to a close friend of mine. I was not a close friend at that time. He was uh, sort of my rival. His name is John. 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 When 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 I was at IGN Asia, John Leo, uh, who is my who is now my business partner, John right. Leo was at Gamespot Asia. Ah. So IGN okay. and Gamespot has this rivalry, right? So I told John. I said, "Hey, John. John already left Gamespot." So I told him, "You know what? They are the only people who are very experienced with a big brand." In the region, either me, I have five years of IGN under my belt. You have a few years, three to four years of GameSpot under your belt. If we combine our brains, there's no one who's, I mean, it sounds like I'm blowing my own trumpet here, but the fact is, we have the best, you know, if we, once we combine our experience, our brains and whatnot, we have what it takes, I believe, right. to, to redefine what games journalism is to bring it to a professional side of things. I'm not saying, this is not me dissing other websites, no. But I feel that we have our vision. At that time, we were limited by the brands that we were representing. Right. So, um, let's combine. Let's be our own bosses. Uh, we, we will struggle. I told him honestly, we will struggle for the next two to five years. But we will be building something that is going to live beyond. So... I'm surprised John was like, okay, fine. Let's <laughs> let's do this. Um, if any, he, he jokingly, I think he, I remember he jokingly said, if anything screws up, then I'll blame it on you. <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, we had the same mindset. We had the same mentality. We want to redefine it. So um, opening your own brand, opening your own business is scary. And that's the thing I want to hone in on, right? Because sometimes on the outside, when people look in, you know, we'd see the glamorous side of things like, wow, okay, you are, you know, you're the founder of a video games website. That's so cool. You're living the dream and all of that, right? And it is. But tell me about the work that actually goes into this because this is like we, we talked about, it's niche. This is not, the industry isn't as mature as it is in, in the US, in UK, and even in Australia and all of these places where, whether it's movie reviews, game reviews and all these things, there are so many websites there. Um, it's, some, it's content that people consume regularly. Here it isn't. At, at that point, you know, like you said, maybe we've got a couple, a couple of magazines and then they started going taking things online and all of that. You left um, essentially a stable job uh, with another brand to start your mm. own. What was the struggle like? Um, how much? And, and tell me about the work and and you know that needed to go inside and, and trying to m- grow this website. All right. So when we when, it, when I was with a big brand, it had a big brand backing, tech stuff. And right. All. It's it's easy. Right? Everything is like I'm not saying they are spoon fed, but everything is within reach. So. The first challenge when I started Kakuchopuri in our first six months or a year was uh, re-establishing, establishing the brand. So people always ask, what the hell is Kakuchopuri? Why do you pick a name that's so difficult? Right. So, it, so that's the first challenge, right? You need to stand out. So Kakuchopuri is actually, it's derived from the, third, the word Kakucho, which means extended, Pure, which is play. Both of it is Japanese. So, Kakucho Pure. So, to me alone, that's a good icebreaker. Mm. So, when people say, what the hell is that? And then I 
throw in my spiel and you know that, that's branding to me branding is one thing so okay that is sorted we can grow it organically in terms of content is another thing because unlike in the states where if i live in la the publishers all these big wigs all these big companies are just probably half an hour's drive away i get to go all the to, to all the you know world reveals overs- you know all these assignments right it's it's basically like malaysians going to malaysian tech journalist goes going to a tech uh, release in just say KLCC, right? It's, it's just within the driving <laughs> Right. So I am at a, dis- a disadvantage. That I don't have a big brand behind my name. So I need to build the, uh, the brand on one side and then populating the side. So my advantage is I feel that was my advantage. I understand what Malaysian readers like. But I also have to think more than just being a Malaysian content producer because I'm a website. I'm not News, I, I'm not print, right? Mm-hmm. So I think let's do it regional. We approach it regionally. We approach it from a very professional standpoint. We approach it from a very um, global approach. So the biggest challenges include branding, populating the site, understanding the trends. Because sometimes it's like a crapshoot, right? You just take a punt on what news is coming up. Sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. Hmm. But I guess we have the experience in understanding, okay, certain trends are going this way. Maybe we should prepare before, you know, you, 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 you should prepare all your, your content management the moment things go live. So how, how, how do I say it? It's like you have to predict. We have to predict trends. We have to understand the market. And I guess it comes with experience. So... By having someone like John and I, we, we can bounce off ideas one another. It makes things easier. I think it would be much harder if I didn't have someone who share the same vision. Right. So I'm very, so I'm very, I was very lucky to have John with me. And um, the way we run things is uh, we, it's a very flat structure. So even though we, uh, we, had, uh, we have writers, we have uh, freelancers, we have uh, um, contributors and whatnot, um, my idea is not the best. I always feel that if I want to create something big, something that really works, I should be hiring people who are experts in their field. When I say their field, meaning I'm not great at fighting games. I'm not great at right. JRPGs. So if I want to touch that topic, I need to get someone who are as passionate as me when it comes to like first-person shooters. I like first-person shooters. I like sports, right? So I need to find someone of equal skill, equal knowledge, and equal understanding. Because it's, um, I always put, it's not about Ken Leandry. Mm-hmm. It's always about Kakuchopure. Right. Because at the end of the day, this company will go beyond me. I, I, I might not be here, you know, you, you'll never know. That's how businesses are, right? So it has to be a brand that lives well beyond my presence. On the show with me today is Ken Leandra. He's the founder of video games news website Kakucho Pore. After the break, I talked to him about what it takes to be a successful video games content creator in Malaysia. We'll be back with more on Redefining Success, BFM 89.9.
Welcome back to Redefining Success. I'm Dashran Johan and on the show with me today is Ken Leandra. He's the founder of video games news website Kakuchio Pore. So Ken, I'm wondering if your days were especially grueling, you know, when you started because this is going from something stable to something you are starting fresh, um, a very niche, uh, you know, industry, very niche um, passion project of yours. Uh, were your days like very grueling? Um, did you need, were there, was there a point where you needed a day job to sustain this passion of yours? I never had to resort to a day job to sustain, but I will be very f- honestly, t- t- I'll tell you honestly, financially, yes, it was very grueling. Um, because, uh, yeah, like I said, I was paid very well when I was, when I had a, a stable day job. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, my, my savings were draining, just like zzz, zzz, going right. really quickly. And then we had to pay the bills, we had to pay the rent, uh, and we had to pay a lot of other stuff to make sure that this thing goes ahead. I remember there was a question where certain, uh, you know, some venture capitalists or investors came on board once and they asked me directly, uh, what are your plans for the next year and you know, everything? And I wasn't sure whether I was being just naive or whatever, but to me, I, I'd rather be honest, right? Mm-hmm. So I told them my goal is to stay afloat because I believe in what we are doing. I believe that we are doing something good for the industry. We are creating something new. We might not be the best on the road, but we are the trailblazers. But um, I feel with you know, you do things right. You work hard for it. You believe in it people will start to take notice. So, so in terms of that, it is grueling because uh, when I started, I was the only person. I was the only person. So I had to populate this set myself. I have to do my own research. I have to do marketing. I have to do um, cold calls. But as we go further, um, you know, you need... And then hiring. By getting the right person who shares my same mindset, mm-hmm. it becomes easier. So it is grueling because you don't know where the next paycheck comes from uh in terms of paying the bills how we sustain ourselves we did do a few consultation work we work closely with certain federations and um like i said like you do things right you work you know you trust in your style and you trust in your ability uh good things will come knocking so in 2018 was one of our interesting projects that okay. happened for kakuchopure where uh, esports was introduced at the asian games as demonstration games and we were invited as um, uh, what you consultants and PR consultants That's for, the Asian, cool. for the Asian Esports Federation. So, so you know, it, it kind of built from mm-hmm. that. So, um, it, it was hard in the first couple of years because we I had to do a lot of things myself. But, you know, as people who share my same mindset, John came on board, our full, uh, we can afford a full-time writer, then we can afford a few more freelancers and everything. It kind of tapers down but the challenge now is a bit more different for me because I am focusing more on business growth and development. Right. So uh, that's a whole new challenge by itself because I started this as a content guy. Now I have to think from a business perspective. So to me, that's a different challenge that I'm facing now. But mm. yeah, kind of fun. I mean, I think if you put your mind to it, you believe in a certain, uh, certain core tenets in doing your work, you will get to that goal that you set. Have there been moments um, in the past few years since launching um, where things were, 
you know, particularly tough, where you sat down and thought to yourself, I don't know if I can do this um, anymore. I, I, you know, I, should I go back to, you know, a stable job? Should I go back to an industry which is not, not as niche? Uh, or even if it's a niche industry, some, something that's already established. Um, did you have these um, um, thoughts? I wouldn't be human if it never crossed mm-hmm. my mind. I mean, a lot of challenges. Um, like I spoke to my wife, and you know, we, we you know, she she's doing her own thing, and I'm doing this. Um, sometimes you know, I sit down and discuss it. I, I I'm not sure what to do next. I'm not sure whether I've done my best or what can I do better. Right. Be- because yeah, it it, can, it it's sapping. Sometimes um, there are days where your numbers are really good, right? Your daily hits are really good, and then something happen and then it just dips or there's a big project that might work that will sustain your company for the next six months and then it got shut down right by many reasons one of it was covid Hmm. because of covid a lot of um uh several actually several potential partnerships had to be put on ice uh it was disheartening but figure to myself one what do I do after this? I mean, like, I know I'm good at this. So I, I really had to motivate. It's kind of trying to hypnotize myself, saying, <laughs> you are doing this. You committed yourself to this. And I believe I put three to five years for me to do this. If it doesn't work, I'll probably go back to working in the office. And then my other one on the other shoulder told me, can you go back to working nine to five? <laughs> right? I mean, can you go back to working nine to five? And number three, um, based on the experience, based on what I've gathered, what I've built, um, there is an affinity to the brand, affinity to this project, which uh, I don't know. I, I, I probably it's, some might, might call it blind, uh, blind faith or whatever. Um, but I always told myself, you are on the right track. The numbers don't lie. Um, when I say we are being noticed, it's not just people are reading us, but players in the industry are looking at us. We know it. We have the, you know, we, we, we have all of those communications. Everyone knows what we are doing. So, yeah, there were times I had second thoughts, but I had to take a step back and reaffirm myself. Why was I in this in the first place? How do you measure growth as an individual? This is an interesting thing. Whenever I speak to someone that's coming into the team, uh, this is the same when I was at the old, but with the bigger brand, right? Right. Um, I told them this and I told myself this. I measure growth and my personal success, professionally that is, is that whoever comes under my wing, by the time they leave, they should be at least five to ten times better right. than, than when they come in. Mm-hmm. Going back to my old editor at the magazine, right? I told you, he's like, you know, I'm not going. He, he told me, you're not going to be a writer every day, right. but, you know, for the rest of your life, assuming you be in the media. When you leave, you should be better than when you come in. So to me, that's my measure of success. My measure of success has always been retaining people who believe in the brand. People who left us are better than they joined us, and goes back to that. Everyone's able to you know, being able to provide opportunity for growth Mm -hmm. for people. And what has been the proudest moment as a video games journalist so far throughout your career? 
I always thought I always forbid myself from saying this is the best or this is the proudest or whatever mm-hmm. because to me, if the moment I say this is my proudest moment, nothing will top it. And then I, it's, like, <laughs> it's like it's like I peak, right? But if you want to say certain points, yep. which I call them highlights, mm-hmm. um, 2018 at the Asian Games, we who knew, right? We were just like a probably a year old, very small company. Just two guys running about like headless chickens, John and I. But of all the people, we were chosen as the consultants, PR consultants for the Asian Esports Federation at the Asian Games. Right. That was fun. Uh, when uh, the we were the, I'm not sure. This was uh, when Said Sadiq was still the Minister of uh, Youth and Sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe we were the only media who were able to sit down and discuss with him about the. National Esports Blueprint. Yeah, I remember that interview. Yes, yeah, so we actually got the. Well, could be because I was bugging him quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see as well if if we just like some kuchi kuchi like small brand or whatever with no experience with no clout to our name, we wouldn't be picked. So the fact that we were chosen, that is one of my you know one of the highlights mm-hmm. of Kakuchopure in our very brief history. Um, when Xbox. The, uh, the the latest gen Xbox was released. We were actually the only Malaysian publication that was approached by Microsoft to review those consoles before they came out, and they approached us instead of other established or long running websites. Right. I'm not, I'm not going to mention who, but you, you. I think you can think of them top mm-hmm. of head. And then um, late 2021 was probably could be the 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 biggest highlight at the moment. Uh, Prior to that, we were approached by certain, by several VCs who wanted to invest into the company, uh, but sometimes it doesn't jive, right? Their 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 style or our our vision doesn't work out. But uh, 2020, late 2021, uh, we were approached by uh, what you call it, a venture studio, who saw us, who saw our deck actually, and believed in us and wanted to help us grow. So. To me, that is the current highlight. Lah, twenty twenty two is going to be a very exciting year for Kakuchopure. Uh, the joke was that we were running on fumes for the past three years, and then probably we're probably going to get like a full tank of jet fuel moving forward. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's like a huge nice. gorilla off my back. <laughs> uh, but that, that it doesn't stop there. Suddenly, it's right. a new chapter, right? It's like mm-hmm. Kakuchopure version three point if you want to say it. Uh, what can we do next? Because we we've built ourselves to a point, big VCs, uh, venture studios are paying attention, us, right. paying attention, and you know we we managed to build it to a point, and also perception. Um, I know Kakuchopure carries this certain vibe, this voice where we are very outspoken. It doesn't necessarily jive with all of the the gaming, you know, gaming enthusiasts, gaming casuals, or gaming ser- people who are serious into games. But I'm okay with that. People know Kakuchopure as, all right, they run their mouth, they talk about it, but they are honest. And that's where we stand with the readers, with our viewers, and also our friends in, you know, in the network, the, the publishers, the media, and our peers. So that would be our several highlights 
it is a short span of Kakucho Pure actually. Now, mm. you've been doing this for a while now. Um, at the start of the show, um, you talked about how success to you is, you know, being able to do what you love while also, um, you know, having work-life balance and also having enough uh, money for, your, for yourself, for your family and all that. It, it is the balance of those aspects, right? With that in mind, what do you think... What does it take to be a successful video games journalist in Malaysia? I think to be a successful, I wouldn't just use the term journalist mm-hmm. because everyone's sometimes creating videos and stuff like that. That's right. So probably uh, content, content creator, creator in mm-hmm. Malaysia. Yeah? I think it's finding your niche. I mean, believing in yourself, but also believing in your style of content. Um, I've seen a lot of, um, I hope when, when I started when I joined IGN last time, it kind of showed people, hey, hold on, there's IGN in Malaysia. So I had to correct them. It's IGN Asia Pacific. Right. But we are based in KL. So I hope back then, I gave people like, hey, hold on, I want to be one. I want to be someone like who just write video games for a living and enjoy. It's basically monetizing your hobby, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, for a games content creator to be successful... I think it's um, finding your identity. You have to stand out. I'm not saying stand out for the wrong reasons. Uh, create good content. Don't be afraid to change it. I think the, the, the problem is people say, oh, I, I, know, I know this is my personality. I have to stick with it. But you have to be flexible. You have to understand the scene. You have to be willing to adjust yourself. And... Um, Another another point that I I see a lot of people fall into this is they try to be they try to use the old formulas that work. It's mm-hmm. Like oh something that worked ten years ago does not it's not going to work in twenty twenty two. So you should be able to try something else. Be the first one to try it. At least if you fail, you tried it, mm-hmm. so you can take it off the box. Do something that you're strong at. Um, I read this somewhere, uh, the genius zone where they say. It's a, it's a particular zone where you love it, you enjoy doing it, and even though it takes hard work, it does not wear you out. Right. Right? So it's like, um, I like video games, I like football. So when I write about video games or when I do something, it doesn't wear me out. It's just work. It's just, oh, wait, hold on. This is, it's also a hobby. So you need to enjoy it mm-hmm. and um, also find your niche. Because there's no one that's, uh, you know, you, you can't be a multiple trick ponies. Mm-hmm. But you still have to be able to do a lot of different stuff. But find your niche, find, find your specialty, find where you are able to stand out. And um, it doesn't happen overnight. Before we wrap this conversation up, Ken, what does it feel like doing something you love? So the, the, the fun part is I am paying my bills by doing something that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. But the downside is sometimes there's a very thin line between you're doing it for fun and then I need to submit this review soon. So you have to be able to draw that line and know when, okay, this is just me working, but I have to adhere to certain rules because I need to get things done. Right. Yep. So if you're in games journalism, people might think, oh, yeah, you play games just, or well, what's this thing when someone disagrees with me on <laughs> online, whatever? Oh, just go play video games, they tell me. But yes, I do play video games and I do it and it pays the bills. But also the downside is 
your the hobby that that you know sometimes you cross between those lines right between hobby and work um it gets muddled so it might affect that hobby in the long term all right on that note thank you so much for joining me today ken thanks for having me That was Ken Leandra. She's the founder of video games news website Kalkucho Pore. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can check out the podcast on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcast from. You just have to look up Redefining Success. I'm Dashan Johan, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.